Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It's Monday, July 13th, 2020. Man, this is a hot day here in Texas. We're just thrilled to come here with you. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're just thrilled to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. And yes, we're going video. Got StreamYard all set up. We're working on getting it all connected so we can hit the push button and get it sent out to multiple sources at the same time. So you'll be able to watch and listen. Everything should stay the same if you're listening via Blog Talk Radio. Uh, By the way, if you're sharing our podcast, be sure to share them from our website. I noticed the Roostify's got shared a couple times from the Blog Talk Radio website. Uh, That's that's fine if you do that. It's nothing wrong. You just got to tell everyone in advance to the so far in to be able to uh, share the specific. Our hot topic is extra hot because it's coming to you live from hot Austin, Texas. 106 degrees is what I think I read it's going to be today. But we're going to be doing something that we haven't done in a long time. We get a lot of requests for it. We're going to have a roundtable discussion of the regulars. So we're going to be talking a whole bunch of issues, and I'm really excited to get into it. I want to say a special thank you to Industry Syndicate. We're proud to be a part of it. Go check out all the podcasts at industrysyndicate.com. Proud to be a part of mortgagemedia.com. Check that out. We give you so many shout outs to our various listeners that are out there. I just want to say thank you to all our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Be sure to check out Mortgage Action Alliance app. You can download it on your smartphone. That way you can have your voice heard in Washington, D.C. You can read over what is there. I can't imagine you wouldn't be in agreement with what the NBA is doing, but read over it. Stay in touch with what they're advocating on the Hill on our behalf. I have. I have confidence in what they're doing, so I oftentimes read it. If I agree with it, I hit the send button and automatically it goes out to all the various branches of the government where my voice needs to be heard based on my zip code. Sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. Also, Finastra, whose mortgage bot solution is automatically addresses compliance issues while delivering enhanced borrower satisfaction with increased productivity. They're doing some really innovative things. Check out the Finastra website, third largest fed tech company in the world. They've got a huge resources behind them, and I want to make sure you get over and check them out. Check them out at our website at Lickin' on Lending, as well as all of our sponsors there. We also want to say thank you for the membership and the privilege of having Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Join us as sponsors. They're both mortgage co-ops, credit competitive advantages for both lender and vendor members. Also, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, very excited about that partnership as well as Indicom. If you're looking for a solution for outsourcing, check out Indicom. Also, Incelerate. Josh is helping lenders close more loans through engaging borrowers and forming tighter connections. they got some great technology. Josh just did a webinar. Be sure to get a copy of that. Ainsworth Advisors, more and more of the GSEs or the investors are saying, who's advising you? Who looks over your business? Go check out AinsworthAdvisors.com to see who can be on there and help you be overseeing your business. 
not managing your business. This is a board of advisor service. It's a great service and the agencies and many of the investors are wanting to know more. By the way, there is a new update on the Ainsworth Advisor website. I encourage you to go listen to it. That's one of the reasons you want to go regular to the Ainsworth Advisor website. I encourage you to check it out. Also, AI Assist. In the world of artificial intelligence, it's becoming more and more what we're doing. You need to check out AI Assist. And also, while you're doing that, go check out Unique.com. We had them on as a guest, and that podcast has taken off like you cannot believe. So, Unique, U-N-E-E-Q.com, the digital human combined with AI Assist. It's amazing. Also, Celebrity Home Loans is growing through acquisitions. Talk to David Robnett. Talk to Pete Gabrion there. That team is a great group. Check them out. As well as Knowledge Coop. Great way to get your training done. Oh, man, we've got to be training people. Are we doing a good job of training your people? How are you doing it? You need to check out Knowledge Coop. Ken Perry and the team is the leading provider of learning management system. One of the things I learned all about learning management system from Alice Alvey. She is the best at that. So check out Knowledge Coop. Mobility RE as well as Modex providing great tools for you and recruiting top LOs as well as engaging with realtors. Really like what they're both doing. Belma, virtual electronic marketing assistant. VendorSurf, when you're looking for vendors, check them out. And Vidyard, great way. I'm using Vidyard like crazy right now for recording videos and hosting videos. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the Hot Topics segment today. Welcome, folks, to the Hot Topics segment. We're so glad to have you here on this July 13th. And we're going to get into something we used to do on a regular basis. It's called the Roundtable. It's where we get our regulars together and we talk about the issues of the day. So I'm really looking forward to it. Joining on the call, we hear him on a pre-recorded base all the time is Les Parker. He's dialed in. So glad to have Les Parker here. We also have Matt, who is our newest contributor, along with Andy, Alice, and Alan. So anyway, welcome everybody. Les Parker, start off with you. Good to see you. I loved your segment. Pump, pump. Pump it up. How about that, Les? That was pretty good. <laughs> Listen, it's going to be a wonderful time for mortgage bankers. There are still low rates. Uh, housing is going up in terms of the purchases. There's been some pent-up demand through COVID and during the lockdown. So it's an exciting time. It is exciting, but how long? So here's the big thing I want to ask you. And then, again, this is an open mic session. So, Matt, you can just jump in, and we're going to go right to you in a minute. But how long? What's your anticipation, Les? I thought Matt uh, did a good job in terms of kind of calibrating between fundamentals and technicals. And so it is true that in a certain sense, we never know the future. However, what we do know is we know mega trends. There's a reason why executives across the United States and particularly strategists they don't even live in today. They live in tomorrow. And that is a large part of what I do every day. I kind of live one to two years ahead of where the world is. If you're not living there, then it's difficult to kind of know what trends are influencing it. So markets are not only looking at what is this very moment, like what is the nominal rate of return? Well, what is the real rate of return once you subtract out inflation? So right now, those are negative. They're negative about 70 basis points for the 10-year real rates. When you look at the moment that we're in, what the value of a stock is, what is, what's the current interest rate, it is the total of all those that participate in their markets, whether it's oil, whether it's interest rates, whether it's stocks, of what the future is. That is what that price is. It is what yeah. everyone thinks the future will be. So as strategists, we have to try and understand, well, what are the trends to where we're going? And then as new, new 
news comes in, do we adjust where we're going? Very good. So I want to get over to the Matt real fast. So in a nutshell, Matt, how long is the good times going to keep on rolling? Interest rates, you mean? Interest rates, yeah, and overall volume, the housing market, generally speaking. You're looking at the screens. You're looking at all the news from CNBC and everywhere else. So, Yeah, I think clearly rates have already shown us that they're willing to hold lower for longer this time around. It certainly doesn't hurt that the Fed is very much erring on the side of over-accommodating financial right. markets. Granted, the Fed doesn't set mortgage rates, but they're talking about yield curve control. And uh, if that were to come to pass, it would be another step toward that because the Fed very much does control the shorter end of the yield curve, even if they're not directly controlling two-year treasuries, they are controlling overnight rates. And two years are only going to go so far from overnight rates because of their nearness in uh, temporal proximity. But the rest of the yield curve, the rest of the rate spectrum radiates out from there. And so if that thing is pinned at zero, it's going to limit ultimately how high rates are going to go because the yield curve itself oscillates in a more regular way than interest rates in general. All that to say that it's a more fertile soil than we've ever had for rates staying lower for longer. Everything depends on COVID, right? So if uh, things go right down the middle, I think we still have low rates through most of 2020, but there is a, a real possibility that they bump up by the end of this year if something great happens from a public health standpoint. If something terrible yeah. happens from a public health standpoint, then we see more new oh, yeah. time lows. Will, will we ever see negative interest rates? Any chance of that in your minds? Uh, Trump kind of pushed for that at different times. I thought the Fed said no way. Uh, thoughts less than that real fast on? I want to get over to Andy. Yes, I actually think that we're already in negative interest rates and certainly correct that the assessment, we're negative rates in terms of real rates, but we are negative rates and the effective policies of the Federal Reserve are that. I want to say that it's probably going to last us until we get to the true matrix four. Matrix four is supposed to be out in 2022. <laughs> and I call our current environment by the G4 central bank is we're living in matrix four right now. So it is true that they're not explicitly targeting the two-year yet, but for all practical purposes, the Federal Reserve alone has $9 trillion at its disposal. It already has the rights to be able to buy every type of fixed-in product that's out there, including fallen angels. So as far as I'm concerned, the Fed is already controlling uh, all major fixed rate items. Andy Shell, when you look at this like an economist, I mean, you definitely think reflectively. You and I both have kids that are at that age. They're the, the Gen Zers and the millennials entering into the housing market. James, your oldest son, great guy. Love that guy working as a loan officer and a successfully so, I might say. James listens to the podcast, so give him a shout out. But they're coming into the market. That demographic move is it's got to have an impact. Thoughts? So I've been watching, uh, as an adult in the workforce, I've watched now four decades come and go. What I know is, is that you never know what's going to happen, but it, it always seems to work out okay. The, the sun will come up tomorrow. And I've had that experience many, many times when I thought something bad happened. There have been a number of bad things. And part of it was because of regulatory changes, like the Tax Act of 1986 helped to destroy real estate oh, yeah. in Texas. There's a bunch of elements. I can give a ton of examples. But we're, the the dynamic nature of our economy is so robust fundamentally that we're going to be okay. There will be an effect if Joe Biden becomes president. The stock yep. values are going to drop because taxes are going up. So we yep. know that's going to happen. But that's not an uncertainty. That's a variable that's dependent upon the electorate. But in terms of the, the world that people are in today, I agree with what Matt said. If uh, COVID is less impactful, then rates may come back up. If 
COVID's more impactful, then they'll stay back down. I agreed with what Les was saying, too. We actually are in, given the inflation levels, not just looking at the CPI reports, that there are elements of inflation that mean that what we're really paying is we're losing money every day when we invest in currency-denominated values like CDs or bank rates. So all that to say poo-poo economics, but the U.S. economy is built on fundamental economics, and the capitalist system will be reactive, and the capitalist yep. system will be reactive and adjust to the next thing that happens. Our Fed will adjust as needed based on what it takes to drive the economy forward. Their mod- the government has so much data to monitor what's going to happen that I really do sleep well at night. These things don't scare me because even if I don't like who's at the wheel, they're at the wheel protecting everybody. And so the people who don't get up in the morning and say, what can I do bad today? They want to do the best job they can. And I believe that at the core of the drive behind whoever it happens to be, people do the best they can with what they've got. That's really good. I want to get over to you, Alice, because you guys are dealing with volumes. I talked to one of our good friends, Alice, just before the podcast. In fact, I'm recording a podcast with him on Wednesday. It's your good buddy, Vince Parlov, up there in your old home state. He's at UWM. They're dealing with the record volumes. I want to get some insights on how they're dealing with the growth. How are you guys dealing with the growth? What's, what's going on at Union Home? I mean, everybody is say drowning is probably maybe one word you could say prospering drowning whatever we're all we're doing all of the above alice what how are you guys dealing with it up there doing a lot of things i want to just circle back real quick and comment on what everyone was talking about in terms of sales and looking towards the future i I think for those of us from a day-to-day standpoint what does that mean right what is everything that andy and les and everybody was just talking about in terms of those economic views and that it's all critical absolutely to rates and and some of the impact to that volume, but at the end of the day, you have to still grow as a company. So regardless of rates, we continue to say, what do we need to grow and how do we leverage our talent so that for every loan officer, we don't have to hire X number of people. And that's really the technology space as well as re-engineering how you do things. And as you grow, one of the key things that we've done is really re-look at the whole manufacturing process. I think one of our fundamentals that we have not let go of and shocks a lot of people that we are able to maintain it is a loan officer is still accountable for a high quality loan application. And for me, I'm a Detroiter, so I love assembly line stuff. And I would say one of our keys to our success is you get a quality product on the assembly line in the first place and everything else after that you can manage. But when junk hits the assembly line, or, or you try and work around junk hitting the assembly line, you will never be able to grow and be efficient. And so I would say that's our secret sauce. A lot of loan officers that don't like to hear that, right? In the recruiting, it can be a, well, wait a minute. I got, I don't have to do anything. I called it the classic dump and run, right? That was an LOI process. But yeah, that's, you can't grow with that <laughs> Well, model. for you and I work together with uh, Keith Pulaski at Radius Financial. It's such an honor to work with you. And that's Great one job. of the classics. And what they have done, which we're going to you, Alan, we're coming to you next, this is the foundation to what Keith did, Alice, was the work you and I did on defining their process. And Keith, remember when he came into the room? I love Keith Blasky for many reasons. Both, both he and his partner are just outstanding people, well-run companies. They have some of the lowest costs in the industry right now. It's because they invested in the future by investing in what is the process, what comes next. He says, my concern, Dave and Alice, is that we got all these independent manufacturing processes going on in our company. And that cannot work efficiently and can't get us to where I believe we need to go to be 
maintain com- being competitive. And Alice, you were there. Reflections on that real fast. That was such a well, fun think, project to do. It was. And I think to your point, it is difficult for people to adapt to a consistent way of doing things until they see the light. And so I think one of the things we did was show them the number of days you could save in the loan process by yeah. saying, my team gets to do things consistently. I mean, you still might have specialty groups for certain uh, specialty products, but you have to have a consistent way of doing things to think, keep yep. things moving. And it allows you to innovate. Now you can apply technology faster when yep. you have one process. Excellent stuff. It's so much fun to do that. And I'm getting text messages in here going, this is the best hot topic. So this is the best podcast you've done. Why don't you do the roundtables more often? Okay. I promise you we will. This is good. But Alan, let's get over to you talking about these epic volumes. You look mm-hmm. at the companies that are doing this. It's all about process. Andy, Alice, and I get it. I'm sure Matt does with what he sees out there. And Les certainly is a fan of it. What is the new normal? That's one of the questions that keeps coming up. When it comes to technology, we're investing more and more. Some companies are realizing a dollar return on it are getting actually a return. They're seeing costs drop. Others are just spending more money and it may be having some nominal deal. What's the difference, Alan? Well, it's it's interesting. You have to invest to save so you can reinvest. And a lot of times you think that you've done a good job and you can move forward. But with the new norm, which I said before, who says there is a new norm? Things are going to continue to change. We're going to continue to disrupt and innovate. I mean, look what happened earlier this year. Now home buyers can actually, or looking to refinance your home, can go and do their own appraisal, right? And it geotags all the location. We have iBuyers. We have all this great technology. There's a lot of challenges, though, that we as lenders are having to continue to overcome. And one is reputational risk. A lot of people are Mm, heating on service. Everyone's got the same rate. Everyone can have the same rate. It's service. It's reputational risk. And so you can't just take technology and implement it and expect that your your operational workflow is going to be 60% more efficient and you've got the assembly line. You have to be thinking in terms of multiple assembly lines working in parallel with technology much smarter than a generic assembly line. You operationally need to think like an assembly line. But loan officers, they are the service, right? And you need to empower them to be stronger and better. But I could talk for hours on this topic. One of the biggest, I'd say almost sins of the past is that we assume you buy technology and that's it. You install it and go. But the reality is, right, you need support from executive leadership from the top. And it's a mixture of people and technology. And sometimes we don't correctly study how people and technology interact. And we have to fine tune that based on how we operationally work. And not every lender is the same. Not every, you know, geographical location lends the same. We have regulation to make it the same, but I'm talking about differently, right? the type of properties, the value of properties, and so forth. So I don't know. There's just a lot there. But we operationally, David, have absolutely become more efficient when you look at the different technologies that we've been using. We have just a couple of minutes. we got to wrap this up really quickly. M&A's on fire. You're working on some major transactions. Any comments? I think what Alan just said is absolutely where the heads are of those investors that are interested in buying mortgage companies today, that they believe they can bring significant lift by operational efficiency. And when you talk about operational efficiency, ultimately, if that does not equal better customer satisfaction, then it's going to end up actually giving you a negative return on investment as far as I'm concerned. We have a major problem in the uh, mortgage banking world in that we continue to have low NPS scores. So we have bad 
bad customer satisfaction. In mortgage world, if you have a zero NPS, you're considered successful. And until (laughs) we start seeing mortgage companies, at least some of them, get into the 20s and 40s, 40s is a good target. This industry still has significant customer service problems. And concerning uh, PPP, which uh, a lot of mortgage companies did go in and get some uh, monies to be able to handle their payroll for a certain time period, if they took down more than $2 million, they will be audited by the SBA. And we are helping people put a wrapper around whatever their rationalization is by putting an industry wrapper around it so they have the industry conditions of why it is they should be received for business. And in this final point, I do believe everyone that received those funds, even though right now there are great times in mortgage banking, there are significant hurdles ahead and it's around capitalization. We are fortunate that Dodd-Frank on its 10-year anniversary right now did at least require significant capital to be infused in banking. So now we have higher capital levels, which is why banks are surviving through this. Mortgage companies still do not have adequate capital. That is a problem for this industry. Which gets right into the Quicken IPO that's coming, raising $100 million. And Dan Gilbert and company are going to maintain control of the company. I think we're getting so many questions in, but overwhelming response. This is is one of the best podcasts, a hot topic segments. Love all the special guests you have, but this is one of the best. We are going to do this again, listeners. We did not get into the IPO market. What's the potential for raising capital? There's a lot in technology, a million questions. So please be patient with us as we launch and get back into this. Alice, we're going to go around real quickly. And Matt, any parting comments as you listen to this? Uh, no, I'm good. Man, it's been covered very well by everybody. Yeah. Fast and furious. Andy Shell, thoughts? I would just leverage about the PPP and what Les said. And well, the the government does have the opportunity to retroactively change things. And this is one of the places where we need to be mindful of that. So I think there is a fundamental foundation behind why to get the PPP, but you'd better make sure you documented it thoroughly. And sounds like Les can help do that. I've helped my clients do that as well. So that's it, Dave. That's good. Andy Fjell, thanks for being here this week. Alan, your thoughts? Wrapping it up? Just keep on talking to the community and learning what others are doing and continue to revise your plan and it's an ongoing process to be excellent. So good luck. It is. And Alice, Alvy, you guys are talking about performing in excellence. Union Home does a great job of it. And you're such a big part of that recipe of excellence up there. Thought parting comments? I think our parting comments, Dave, are we need to talk about leadership because with all this growth, really making sure you've got a succession of leaders growing within your company to manage the growth and keep that culture alive oh, critical. That is such a good parting comment. What's interesting, Alice, the number one of all the things we do. We do coaching and consulting. The number one service that's under demand of our services right now, almost two to one, is leadership coaching and consulting. It's so true, Alice. What a perfect note to end on. Thank you to all our regulars for being here in this very fast speed topic review on the hot topic. Appreciate you all as listeners. Thank you so much for the positive feedback. Yes, we will do this again soon. So much to talk about and we appreciate you being here. Be sure to tune in. We've got Vince Parlov. We're going to be interviewing him, airing that as soon as we get it edited, put that up as a special and there's so much to go on. Have a great week, everybody. Good to have you with us. Next week, we got Anthony Flynn, a CEO of Work Faith Connection and also joining us will be Gwen Muse. We're talking about what you could do in your community to make a difference. With all the protests going on, what are you doing to be proactive and make a difference? We're going to have a great podcast next week on a Hot Topic segment. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye. You've been 
listening to Licken on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Licken of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.